Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with Toasty, my wonderful companion, the best of friends, and the uh, also the best companion to bread that needs to be cooked a second time. Welcome back, Toasty. How you doing, man? I mean, that's a toaster. Twice, twice yeah. cooked bread. Twice cooked bread. It's that's true. what to- toast is. Bread. Yeah, it's like, it's like refried beans, right? Like you fried the beans a second time. That's why they're refried. A fried rice. Well, that's only fried once. That'd be like. Well, no, you. But I you mean, cook I see, it twice. Oh yeah, yeah, it's true. You, you would have, have to use cook cooked it, rice to make fried rice, and then you would fry it. Yeah, so it's like yeah. double cooked rice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. We live in a world of twice cooked things that we didn't even realize. That's not the topic of the show today because today we're talking about. A new entry in the bestiary. The bestiary. Uh, the bestiary. What are we talking about today, Toasty? Uh, we are talking about Sylvans. Sylvans. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Sylvans. Sylvans. Yeah. So uh, get ready. Learn some more about your monsters. And young witchers, pay close attention because this may come handy someday when you're out there on the path. <laughs> Toasty did a head thing, but the, he can't hear it. So, hey, uh, uh, well, why don't we kick this off? Where do we start? Where do we start with Sylvans? All right. Uh, we got a little intro here. Uh, Sylvans are cruel, greedy, and treacherous. Still, I prefer them to Doina. Yaven, uh, Yaven, legendary Scoia'tael commander. Mm-hmm. You know, them elves, they don't, they don't like humans. Yeah, that's the, that's the name for humans, right? Yep. Yep. Um, Sylvans and Yakshas, a kindred species, are extremely rare woodland creatures whose appearance combines traits of goats and rotund men. Rotund! Rotund! <laughs> These beings usually pose little danger, for they limit their contact with humans to playing harmless, though often bothersome, tricks in eating crops from their fields. That's how they get so rotund. Yep. Although a lot of crops. they're eating crops. I mean, it's like vegetables. Like it's really hard to get fat off of eating vegetables. Mm. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why I said so. It was no necess- It was not necessary. It's just part of my name. This so, is, I'm a rapper because I'm so thanatosted. You know, there you go. That's what I do. I wonder, have we ever told, said your entire original name that inspired Toasty? Did we say that on the first? I mean, it's been a year since we launched the show. We said it in episode uh, i don't know one? if you said it i was already like i already had the identify identity right. of toasty from the cyberpunk lore cast right right i don't think we did i think it was just toasty i don't think anyone knows well, yeah this I is, mean, it's this right is deep toasty lore it's, it's on my zoom thing it, so if you right can read but, it but then again you know like a hundred times more people listen to the show That's on true. audio than watch the video um so yeah, I, I don't think we've ever addressed Deep this. Toasty lore. Deep toasty lore. So uh, Toasty's original name. Did we say it? Okay, so Rob the Princess in chat says maybe mentioned it on episode three once. Yeah. So your original handle that you go by is So Thana Toasted. Thus Toasty. Oh, just a random guess. He's just guessing that it was episode three. Okay. I was oh, like, I was right. like, does he actually know like <laughs> what the heck, Rob? Like, how do you know these things? It's over here like cataloging our episodes by like minute. Well, yeah, that's what Rob does. 
that and he plays ESO. That's true. Those are the two things he does right now. Fair enough. Um, anyway, so, uh, so, okay, so we're talking Sylvans. We're talking like tricksters, like nature tricksters. That good yes. classification for a Sylvan. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, you start getting a little bit of the other names. It might sound, seem a bit more familiar for those familiar with mythology. Mm. Um, mm. I said familiar twice. That's totally not professional. Um, Sylvans <laughs> called willowers or pucks and labeled superstitiously as devils um and of course we have some different iterations here uh in elder speech they are diablo dorvish uh duval um and my favorite because anyone who's listened to uh the the audio book um i believe this happens in in uh the last wish um it's it's hilarious because the dude refers to them as diavels diavels we got a diavel in our field and it's like what okay. all right <laughs> what are you talking about dude yeah, it sounds it's like just, somebody who can't pronounce devil it's it's it is they did say it's uh in the archaic common tongue it is a diavel so diavel diavel um, um do we have a diavel in our field this is basically the idea. Yeah, all right. um, they are an exceptionally rare, intelligent race native to the woodlands of the northern kingdoms. They are distinguished by prominent ghost-like visage and delight in pranks, feasting, and music. Uh, yeah, so radically, sylvan may also be referred to as a fawn. A fawn, because of the like hind goat leg type. They look mm-hmm. like a deer or goat legs. Um, so they're they're also called willowers and pucks, right? Puck being a character from a shakespeare play right i believe so was it a midsummer's night's dream maybe um i'm sure some some english major person is going to be like oh my god you don't know your shakespeare i'm just i'm just pulling this out of my butt sounds like the vibe i think that's the one but i'm just like i'm I'm reaching back into the memory banks here um which is interesting that that it worked its way into the witcher stories from shakespearean literature not mythology right like that's that's i think this is the first time that we've seen something like that usually when we get names for things or references in these stories we end up pulling them from mythology which goes back centuries and centuries and centuries when we're talking shakespeare we're talking 500 years like that's mm-hmm. it's a very different time frame than a thousand two thousand years in the past so <laughs> i just thought that was worth noting kind of interesting yeah, uh, I bel- uh, uh, I'm not like a thousand per- familiar, but uh, A Midsummer's Night uh, takes place in Greece, which mm-hmm. is prominently where the, uh, or a satyr, as it's more uh, commonly referred to right. uh, in Greek mythology. Right, uh, and I was right. It is, it is Midsummer's Night dream. Midsummer Night's yeah. Dream. Yes. Mid- yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Okay. Well, just, just worth worth mentioning. But yeah, that is that is a direct relation to a character who is a satyr, who is very similar to a Sylvan in this world. Mm-hmm. They're kind of analogous. 
Yeah. Uh, Sylvans resemble a human with goat horns, soft lips of yellow, horse-like teeth, and a goatee. Their lower body features a tasseled tail and hairy legs with cloven hooves. The horns earn Sylvans the label of devils, which they dislike, and occasionally cause confusion with the beastly chorts for humans who have never seen the latter. So uh, we, we did an episode on chorts, the big, mm-hmm. uh, like, massive goat or ram like uh just beasts probably the best term um sylvan's a lot more uh sentient or or intelligent comparatively right torts are just monsters sylvan's are like they have people they can speak they are intelligent so right right yeah it would be it'd be like calling a human an ape be like i'm mm-hmm. not an ape i'm a human right like these are two very different, like genetically similar. And I guess you could say if you just saw one walking somewhere and saw another walking somewhere, you might be like, yeah, they're close, but mm. but different. Yeah. Yeah. Their voice resembles a goat's bleeding and then their lifespans can reach up to more than a hundred years. Uh, though miles away apart in behavior, Sylvans are related to the A and she with whom they share the blood of the elder race is therefore unsurprising that many familiar sylvans are quite familiar with elven defenses and that the two people have no difficulty cooperating some scholars include sylvans among the so-called sapient monsters that's really interesting because that puts them a lot closer to elves a lot closer to like the well quote-unquote accepted races of the continent what I would what you would consider like the peoples of the continent are probably what humans elves dwarves and smattering of other like a few other races that just aren't as commonly referred to yeah gnomes and like a few other like the very like very limited population mostly humans elves and dwarves that's going to be right the majority of what you see right but with Um, this with this relation it seems like and and they share blood with the elder races like that means mm -hmm. that they're a lot more closely connected to elves than they would appear just from appearance and of course with human superstition uh and in the witcher universe like it of course sylvans aren't going to i mean they're they're called devils like they they looked at them they didn't say like oh that's like a go they were like that's a devil right and of course humans I mean, they're not gonna like devils and you know <laughs> right <laughs> so they they get shunned you know they probably hang out on the fringes of society because of that reason like i mean they're probably just gonna get attacked the moment they show their face to a human if they're not like doing some sort of trickery to mess with them or frighten them or something and elves are just like yeah that's a sylvan like what yeah. <laughs> this is not surprising to us this is a thing we know right like that's my neighbor <laughs> like what are you like, doing yeah yeah um as for uh their personalities uh most sylvans are merry enjoying tricks and riddles more than anything else they also love music and are quite apt at playing reed pipes a mischief aside they can be helpful by fertilizing fields scaring birds away voluntarily watching over turnips wait 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 wait, wait. hold on hold on hold on fertilize are we saying that they like hang out in fields and just poop quite possibly (laughs) they just like surprise me i've got a sylvan in my field i I benefit from it as a farmer because he just defecates in my field and I use that for my crops. 
I mean, you know, it's elder. It's 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 the feces of an elder blood race. I mean, we saw what happened with with uh, with Syria when she bled on the trail. I mean, it made flowers bloom. I, right. I imagine like that magical feces is very beneficial to plant life. <laughs> I guess so. And then, okay, the last one, before I cut you off, it said voluntarily <laughs> watching over turnips. They maybe they have this very specific thing for turnips. Not any other crop. We're not talking like wheat or tomatoes, just turnips. Yeah, I mean, they like turnips, dude. <laughs> it's just, this is just what, so when you pull this stuff from, from, uh, online sources oftentimes it's like we have one very small reference somewhere in the books or in the games or something where like a satyr was like yeah i'll help watch your turnips because that was like the context of the thing that was happening not and so we're like oftentimes you draw like or at least these kinds of articles that we pull this information from draw these like overarching concepts from like one little example that's like saying like i met a person the other day he was really into chess all humans are into chess Right. Like, well, no, that one person was. So maybe it was just one satyr who just really liked turnips. It might also be some something to do with like, you know, goats or whatever. Like maybe goats particularly like turnips or something like. Yeah, maybe. maybe. So it may have just been a relation back to there um, and eating caterpillars. So the get rid of pests, basically. Uh, the diet is largely uh herbivorous 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 but that doesn't like normally you don't pronounce it that way yeah yeah Um, however they can also become very comfortable and spend days in idleness puffing on pipes overeating and downing stiff drinks as for magical prowess many sylvans can learn mental spells others it seems found a way to breathe fire in combat well that's handy yeah, it's it was not handy if you're fighting things. Well, in, if you are a field. Sylvan or you're you know allied with one. Yeah, but like like what if you like what if you're you're watching over your crops? You don't want to breathe fire whenever you're no. you're in the middle of the the no. turnip field. Yeah, um, no, that's that's bad. But but if you're trying to you know like I don't know clear out a small room of enemies, blowing fire yeah. into that room is going to do a pretty good job yeah that is true uh as for procreation um dryads with whom they live in brocolon value sylvans as lovers guaranteeing a vigorous daughter what so this is like cross-species stuff like they're related enough to have kids together basically uh in theory sylvans may procreate with elves and humans but this doesn't occur indeed fawns bedding nymphs are a popular motif in art and sculpture weird weird mm-hmm. yeah i guess yeah. it's just the idea like they're pretty i mean humans probably not like in the witcher universe they are not quite you know the same as our modern world where people seem to have a general liking of the idea of uh betting non-human things I mean, <laughs> I mean, there. You just see anybody talk about mm, Mass Effect. You well, know, okay. everyone's yeah. everyone loses yeah. their mind over Garrus. The right. dude looks like a chicken. Right. That's, that's, that's like what I keep bringing bear. up with our Mass Effect friends. Is that like mm-hmm. kissing his face would be like kissing a beak, and that I don't know how that works. Um, yeah, but people still want to do it. They right. Still, well, they still love the idea of it. So, yeah. like, I mean, but There's, in in the Witcher universe, people haven't quite gotten to that point yet. Unless it was like 
a succubus, which, you know, mostly human looking. So, right. It's, it's this weird boundary between like creatures that are aliens and completely sentient. And so you fall in love with their personalities Mm -hmm. and then things that are totally just monster or animal that are not like sentient, right? There seems like there's a very big boundary there, but something like a, like a Sylvan is kind of that weird boundary between the two because it's clearly a sentient creature with a personality. So theoretically you could fall in love with one, but it also has the hindquarters of an animal. So if you were to engage in some sort of procreative activity with it, it would be almost exactly like, at least for that portion of the body dealing with an animal, which really skirts the edge of like bestiality, right? Like that's, it's kind of it's it's this weird boundary right like for most most humans not everybody for most humans there's a certain revulsion to that you go oh no that sounds gross no no way so i I get that that would be the sense of maybe what people would think about them but at the same time they have personalities so you know sometimes you know love triumphs over the need to throw up i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i mean so this is this is a i guess i I don't know if it's a rare tangenting moment but i'm about to tangent um specifically because uh i actually like i I don't i'm not gonna i'm just not gonna continue the sentence that i was going um just because i'm not sure how to say that without it sounding really really odd but basically uh so uh i i play in this this 24 hour discord server changeling the dreaming game uh-huh. uh-huh and satyrs are one of the like playable like fey type because like you play as a fey um and satyrs are one of the options and mm-hmm. like my character has had relations with <laughs> satyrs but we of course don't go into detail about it sure we just right. fade to black well, um, and, but and it's like, in that environment everybody's a fate type creature it's there's a difference there right <clears throat> like it's all yeah. just magical love love whatever love and but sex, they definitely whatever. have the hindquarters of a goat still like yeah. they have the furry goat legs so i guess it's still getting to the awkwardness of it yeah so wow. you know it's 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 weird <laughs> So anyway, moving on, um, uh, <laughs> what else do we know? Uh, so if, if you ever end up, um, not getting along with one, you end up fighting one, um, a couple, like some things you need to know, uh, melee combat against the Sylvan is quite difficult, even for a witcher. Mm. Uh, one has to evade the physical strikes from a Sylvan, not attempt to parry or counterattack. So very similar to like, rock trolls and this is probably because of their size because they are quite big and so they probably rotund even yes yeah some of them most of them are quite rotund Um, (laughs) and so uh they just hit really hard you don't want to try and parry it because basically it's just it's not going to work it's not going to it's not going to be very effective they'll just punch right through it yeah um Erden can gain time to bring a silver sword into play, but a Sylvan can counter this by breathing intense flames that will melt through the best armor. Um, if close quarters combat is going well, one should be prepared to make use of long range weapons, uh, a crossbow loaded with bolts and basically firing at a safe distance. Um, mm-hmm. even though it does like pitiful damage, 
<laughs> right, sometimes. Right. Um, but they are also susceptible to samum, a devil's puffball, relic oil, and igni. So even though they can breathe fire, it does not give them any particular resistance to it. Yeah, it's still, still flammable. Effective. Right, right. Uh, mm. uh, and uh, notable sylvans include uh, Fugas, who served the crones. Yeah, so Witcher um, 3 stuff. Witcher 3 stuff. Uh, yeah. All God, uh, more Witcher 3 stuff. Um, who made peasants in Belen falsely worship him under the guise of some god. Uh, he was just living in a basement and taking their stuff. And <laughs> you have options for confronting him. You can uh, convince him to either uh, like not take the stuff or like take less stuff or you can just kill him. Um, you know, but you know, sometimes it's fun to actually be nice to, you know, like intelligent creatures. Yeah. Well, that's one of the nice things about the games is that there's almost always uh, a pathway through a, a situation like that, that allows you to rationalize things and kind of figure out more about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, probably the most notable, uh, Sylvan is Torqua who helped the elves, um, under Philavandrel. um, he got them supplies. Basically, he was plaguing the town, uh, getting stuff. They were trying to fend him off by some very, very old texts that did not apply at all. Um, and uh, he was just trying to get stuff for the elves that he was helping because they were scavenging on the edge of the world. So, um Yeah. Well, all right. Well, there you go. Those are the characters. Now, um, we've still got the uh, mythology, like the deeper dive into the mythology section. So we're going to hit that after the mid-break, but we have to go thank our patrons. So we'll be right back. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. Toasty's cracking up. Are you laughing at Rob? I'm laughing at Rob. Jax? I mean, Rob's got a point. Rob Somehow this isn't chat. the weirdest episode yet. Yeah, you know, Rob's right. <laughs> if you listen to the last patron episode, he's absolutely right. <laughs> We've got some weird places. Uh, it's, because, true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Mm. And, and sometimes it's with the help of our patrons. Segway. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to our uh, supporters, all 15 of you currently, and our higher vampires, Ben of Tamaria, Vita, Bjornin, and Bane, the hospital guy. Thank you so much to all three of you guys and all 15 of you and my barking dog in the background um, for supporting the show. We really do appreciate it. Um, I, You know, Toasty, I know that uh, I got a little notification. Every so often I get a notification that, like, shirts are shipping out soon. So be looking out if you are a tier four patron or higher be looking out for deliveries for shirts sometime soon i don't i don't ever know how long it takes them to actually deliver them um and sorry about the dogs i'm i'm at home by myself i don't have anybody else here to quiet the dogs. so i apologize for the dogs in the background also we don't have any new reviews this week but if you are enjoying the show and you want to help us out then leaving a rating or review on apple podcasts will help a ton five-star reviews get read out on future episodes so you'll get your words on the show and if you enjoy it watching on Spotify or listening on Spotify, then leaving a five-star rating on there also is helpful. But uh, that's what we got for the middle of the show this week. Let's get back to the rest of the lore. 
You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, we're back. And I think I may have quieted the dog by dropping a bag of treats on the ground that is closed in order to get his hey. attention. So I mean, you do what you got to do, right? You got you do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. All right, so uh, I have a feeling we're diving into Greek and Roman mythology on this one, being that the uh, Sylvans are connected to satyrs and, and all of that. Yeah, I mean, you'd be right. Uh, so... Um, of course, uh, satyrs are the the Greek variation. Uh, fauns are what they're referred to in the Roman mythology, um, and the idea is about the same. Um, basically, they were spirits of the woodlands in both you know Greek and Roman. Uh, they were uh, they appeared to be horse or goat like in appearance. Um, they usually uh, portrayed uh, as, as crafty, uh, frolicked in the forest, chased after nymphs, uh, played tricks on people. So a lot of a lot of similar things going here. Um, and they were uh, normally associated with the uh, Greek god of Dionysus, the god of wine and ecstasy. Debauchery. Um, sure. Yeah, because they were they often they didn't. Uh, they didn't really, geez, my mind just disappeared. My brain is gone. Uh, they were usually like seen as like basically debaucherous, like in nature. Like they didn't, uh, they didn't really do anything for like just normal or like the boring means, but instead were more, uh, free and just, did whatever they wanted um which yeah. is yeah gave into their like the id nature of themselves if they wanted to play tricks on you they play tricks on you if they wanted to seduce you they would seduce you if they wanted to like they just gave into their desires that kind mm -hmm. of thing yeah yeah um so uh there was different uh variations in greek mythology um so we had uh satyrs or satyros or Silenos, um, which were more similar to the Roman Satyri. Um, so some different iterations this is where Greek like mythology gets a little weird. Um, um, their descriptions are a little, a little, a little strange, Tom, sometimes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, so uh, they were often depicted as short, balding, wild men with horse's tail and a constant erection. Oh, so they're boomers who take too much Viagra. They're boomers on Viagra. Oh, dear. That's where we're at with this. You're not wrong. In like Key West. Key West, boomers with too much Viagra. Yes. Uh, yes. And this this was specifically satyrs. Um, so the fawns were always depicted as half man, half goat, um, and traveled in the wild and were said to help travels travelers who became lost. So fawns less debaucherous, more like they, they were helpful, compassionate, um, like they nature usually, spirits, helpful nature spirits, that kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and then there was specifically, uh, kind of the God of, uh, 
Crusaders of Pan, um, God of Shepherds, Hunters, Music in the Wild. He was kind of their patron god. Um, Son of Hermes and Penelope. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and so there's other... It's mostly that, um, like you said before, I'm not as familiar with like Shakespeare stuff. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a Shakespeare guy. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know that they were depicted in that uh, the Midsummer's Night, Midsummer's Night, Midsummer, Midsummer Night Dream? Night's Dream. Oh my gosh, the it's, S is somewhere in there. Yeah, obviously. it's it's possessive. The Midsummer Night's possessive <laughs> dream. So okay. the dream of the Midsummer Night, mm. and then of course seeing them in like more modern media i mean with the percy jackson like tv show was the tv show right that's coming back yeah i haven't i haven't really uh plugged into much of that right now i know they they did a string of movies on the books right and i never did see any of the movies two movies (laughs) two movies okay yeah so i never did see any of those the second one was so bad that they (laughs) they had to stop making it it was like real bad i remember that and i was like oh dear this is this is horrible but of course that's very greek and then the extension of the books makes it Roman. I don't, I didn't read those ones. So they yeah. Got weird. I never read these either. I was, I was a little bit super weird. Yeah. My, um, my daughter was into them. She was the right age to get into those when she was a kid. And, uh, mm-hmm. I remember her being into the books, but yeah. And then of course, um, like specifically the, the game system I was talking about, I know that, uh, the changeling, the dreaming, uh, or I think they have other versions of it, but, in the same way satyrs are like goat people um they don't remember them having tails specifically um but a lot of their abilities revolve around like they have the gift of pan which allows to basically you makes people around them free themselves from like inhibition so Mm -hmm. like let loose every once in a while like being drunk Basically, basically but it's it's a bit more like extreme like right you, right so uh and that's always fun whenever that happens in game specifically because it's like <laughs> oh sater character by the way i'm gonna gift a pan here everyone needs to roll willpower so <laughs> it's great um do you do you have any i know you're the you do a lot of you do the mythology that, stuff yeah that, no, um I, stuff I mean, that's, that's basically it like they they do feature in a few different stories and then those kinds of things but really there isn't too much more to them than um either benevolent nature spirits or devious nature spirits and we've seen that happen in a few of these descriptions where the mythologies will evolve and change over time so you might end up with stories where they they're seen as benevolent and chances are those stories are pre Christianization of that area or region where the pagan concepts tend to be a little bit more accepting of nature spirits and um, uh, in wonder of them or in excitement to meet them in the forest and those kinds of things. Whereas once Christianity took over, there was this whole fight against paganism in the culture. So, a creature like this who would have been part goat would have been associated with the devil and in specific they were like yeah because the devil's like depicted like that sometimes right like right. having like right. of the horse the horns the tail but then like goat legs and hooves mm-hmm. sometimes too mm-hmm. yeah so there's some connection there and i think that it's specifically to the temptation side of 
the devil, not the not the dark, evil torment side of the devil. And this is another thing that you find in in literature is that different types of literature will emphasize different aspects of whatever the thing was that they were fighting. against. this still happens in society today. If you look at, um, so for example, and I don't want to get too political or, or religious on this, but if you look at the kinds of issues that people get upset about today, people who are highly religious tend to focus on like two or three major issues, even though there's lots of different issues you could, you could pick to be upset about. So one example would be, um, the, uh, religious right being very against, uh, homosexuality, LGBTQ, all of that kind of thing, because they, they find it and they use justifications in biblical sources to say that it's not natural. It's something against what God wants. Um, but at the same time, if you look at, say, if you take the Gospels, the thing that Jesus was uh, against the most, the thing he spoke out against the most in the Bible was divorce. And yet you don't have the Christian right getting all up in arms about divorce in not in the same way that they get up in arms against homosexuality. And there's basically only two vague references of any amount of real credibility in the entire Bible, Old, Old and New Testament against homosexuality. So, eh, you know, it's, it's often my point is it's often the it's more about what the culture finds that they are against than it is about what the religion says so in the context of something like like a, a satyr the idea that debauch debauchery might be something that they're against so they're going to take that aspect of the devil or temptation and they're going to emphasize that rather than you know murder or you know some other feature that they think could be associated with evil so that's why you see the evolution of this stuff over time and then the different representations in different different ways um, and when you have 2000 years of Christian history, you know, trying to burn down the pagans and get rid of anything that was a competing ideology, then it's going to change depending on the time and the place. I mean, I know that like Greek culture wasn't as like harsh against things like that. Like, I believe there was, isn't there uh, like records of some sort of like greek force that was like the front line that was just all like gay men or something like yeah, that. yeah yeah so the um yeah the spartans were known for being uh very friendly with each other even though they would marry and have kids they were also like the people that you were in, went to battle with you would also be very very open with uh and greek greek uh, tr traditionally historic uh, classical greek society was much more okay with a variety of things that Christianity wasn't. Uh, another interesting point is that like Catholicism historically would be very against certain things, but not other things as much. Whereas like Protestantism was kind of flipped that stuff around. There were things that they were more against and less about others. So it just, it just changes more based on the culture than what the actual, you know, religious texts say or anything like that. So it's just kind of the, one of those interesting things. The Thebes, that's, that's the, was a, the troop of 150 male lovers. Oh, okay. That one's in the Theban army. Yeah. yeah. I was like trying to think, I was like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, rem I didn't know that about the Spartans actually. Yeah. It, it was, but. it wasn't uncommon for many different groups in Greece for, uh, men to take, uh, young men with them as apprentices, but then they were also shared as sexual partners, which I don't know if, you, if that was up to you. If you were a young man, if you were into that or not, 
maybe some of them were maybe some of them weren't who knows but uh-huh. you know human culture does lots of weird things in a different different time periods to lots of different people so yeah yeah that is true yeah so uh yep well anyway so i think that's it for um sylvans and the connection to satyrs and fawns mm-hmm. um yeah, so yeah anything else you want to you want to share about this or um so it's just like a thought um just because uh when we talked about the leshy and being like a similar like woodland spirit um it's just uh, and i it's hard to always remember the specifics of things um but just remembered that it was a lot more like pranksterish and whatnot than like of course how the witcher makes it this terrifying beast that'll right, like right the, the man who lived like, in the woods and was a skin changer and all of that whole thing and like to like prank travelers and whatnot i yeah. wonder if there's like kind of correlation of like differing like a branches of mythology for similar things there i've got because. a i've got a theory about the origins of all of that stuff and and that is that um you go back far enough in time and the portion of the land around you that was actually settled and uh had enough people on it to know what was going on at most times was very small you would most people lived in little villages even if the village had 100 people think about how many how many people live 100 people live in only so many houses and so many farms within a certain range and then once you're outside of that range especially at night it's freaking dark right like people who get lost in the woods or just disappear or decide to leave the village you never know what happened to them so there are probably hundreds of thousands of stories throughout recorded history and pre-recorded history of people just disappearing and not knowing what happened so they came up with stories about like well don't go into the woods at night because there's a satyr in there and it's gonna fool you or there's a leshy and it's gonna fool you or whatever and i mean we heck today we're still very quick to make you know assumptions about things because of what we fear and believe that to be the truth without any evidence like as humans right like and and we're supposed to be like educated we're supposed to have science and you know learning and we're all able to read and all of these things and we still do that today imagine what the way the world was a thousand two thousand years ago like most of the time you were just speculating and you were just like well it feels like it's this so it's probably true even if you have no evidence. Yeah. And that's a big theme in The Witcher is that how, how many times Geralt comes across people who just make assumptions about things and he goes, well, I'll go take a look. And then he actually looks into it and realizes that it's completely different than anybody actually thought because yeah. it's just the nature of humans. We jump to conclusions based on the things that we fear the most and the things we love the most or hope for. And that's it. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So th- I think that there is a, a core to a lot of these creatures just as explanations for things people didn't understand which makes sense i mean ghosts and things like that are the same kind of thing so yeah creepy weird stuff but um makes for good stories and that's how it is what do you think we're gonna video games and good video games uh what do we what do we cover next week you know what um there's a reason i picked sylvans this week yeah um, because you know they're very closely related to, to elves, uh, very closely related to you know uh, like Torqua, the Sylvan that we see um, in the books and, and the the TV show, specifically found in one location. 
Doblasana. Oh, so we're, we're zooming in a little bit zooming more into the region more. that we've already been talking about. Mm-hmm. So figured, you know, we talked about like Banard that one time with the zoom in this, mm-hmm. so we've got Doblathana, which I mean, we can't, we can't, we can't go over Doblathana. It's a very, very important location. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very important political location. So, right. Because right. it's uh, the value to the elves and their history and all that. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, we we couldn't do things. We didn't do things on Monday this week, so the show's going to be a little bit late. So sorry about that because it was a holiday and stuff. But we'll be back next Monday, uh, same time, same place. Come join us at 9 p.m. Eastern on Monday night if you'd like to uh, check it out. This the live stream and see my beautiful faces because they are so beautiful. They're not that beautiful. So we're so good looking. We're really not. It's quite unfortunate. So, uh, what uh, you got? Anything else going on? You and your beautiful toasty face. Me and my beautiful toasty face. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sort of do. Yeah. Uh, follow us the usual on Twitter um, at the Witcher Lorecast. Um, you know, I really I don't know what's going on Cyberpunk's you know, I thought it was going to come out this past weekend. It didn't. Maybe this weekend. I don't know. We've recorded a lot of episodes. So it should be dropping eventually. We have like seven episodes recorded. So hopefully they come back, come around. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're probably just setting up the season. So it all releases together. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah probably. So, um, you know, everything else. So just kind of, just kind of around on the discord you want to talk about stuff i'm interested in a lot of other things too so you know just i'm there if you want to at me if you need a hug if you need a shoulder to cry i can give you an electronic hug toasty is very he's a very empathetic sympathetic kind of guy oh oh dear no he loves he loves just all the attention and lots of lots of needy people sending him messages yep i can fake it through a, a message so, you know, <laughs> all right so if you want if you want some fake sympathy send toasty a message about your problems yep i wonder if we're gonna get any maybe we can read it out next next week somebody I send me their problem i hope so at this point. <laughs> that'd be great that'd be awesome um i've got my stuff robotsradio.net for all my shows and the other shows on the network and uh been doing a lot with some awesome awesome creators launching new shows and uh getting them getting them some uh you know listenership for their podcasts if you're into any of that stuff want to join us robotsradio.net is the place to do it you can look into the rocket club where we help new creators grow their shows and then there's also a book that i wrote about like everything that was in my brain about creating a successful podcast and um and I don't say this too much, but it's this is something that I, I do for a living and I've been doing it for a while now. And the shows that I've put out now have over I mean, cumulatively two and a half million views plus or listens plus. So been doing it for a while, getting pretty nice. good at it. So, yeah, yeah. This show and then you add on the other shows that I've been doing longer than this. And and yeah, lots of this one's a new one still. Technically, this so. is this is a new one. This one's like, uh, you know, a third of the age a of the others. Yeah. So, uh, are we going to get a new thing, Tom? A new thing? A year two logo? Oh, you know, I usually do that at the beginning of the actual calendar year and kind of do it as a big group thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can, I can look into that. I can try to try to do something. I guess, I guess I should do it when our show eclipses a year. 
Like it depends on how you define it, right? This is the second calendar we, year we've been doing, or this is the second year. year of the show, right? Um, but that we've and been doing this for a year, yeah, over we've been doing a year now, yeah. And then um, in the fall, I'll have to get some new designs ready for some new she- t-shirts for the next four in our in our series of shirts. I think those oh, yeah. came out That's in true. December, maybe. But um, yeah, I'm coming up on that. I got to redesign some shirts for some of the other shows as well. So awesome stuff lots of fun stuff going on but uh come hang out with us we love having you guys around and that's what we got for this week until then until next time stay safe on the path we'll see you guys later bye everybody thanks for tuning into the witcher Lorecast. we'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the tv series and all your thoughts on everything Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at WitcherLoreCast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at RobotsRadio.net.